What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazers Edge podcast. I am your host, Danny Morang. I am joined by my friend and Lakers nemesis and all-around good guy, but don't let him know that I said that. Harrison Reagan, <laughs> the editor-in-chief of our, uh, our our little brother's site at SB Nation. Oh, Silver well, that's, a, that's what we're going. I mean, hey, like over the over the weekend, we have been your little brother's site. I will I will say that. Like, you know, Blazers fans are really excited about their team. It's the one thing we can kind of lord over anybody in Lakerland, even though we're, you know, one thirteenth the size that we uh we, we, we do pretty well. So yeah. But just wanted to say thank you for joining us, man. We're gonna preview uh Lakers Blazers. But first of all, we, we were talking about something leading up to this uh before we came on and you have like a hierarchy of meme acceptance that yes. you go through. And there was, just, there was one in particular that you tweeted out earlier as we were going back and forth where it has Rondo and Dame on it. Basically, Rondo is Dame's daddy from the, uh, the Pelican series. But you're, you accept that one because – go ahead and give it to me. Why is it okay that, that that one is acceptable to you in that frame? So first of all, I did want to make that my Zoom background, but my computer will not let me do it. And I just thought that would have been hilarious just to jump on here oh, perfect. As like, with that as the background. But it, unfortunately, I couldn't make it work. Um, but yeah, so I think that one's okay because it's two adult people like that are basketball players, public figures, whatever, photoshopped onto a stock photo. Like where I draw the line, like the ones that weird me out and I don't think are as funny are like when people put like LeBron's head on Steph Curry's body in like a family photo. Like that's just weird to me. Like I think that goes over the line. But like just like joking that someone is someone's son after they get dominated by them, like, you know, like Lillard was against uh, Rondo and the Pelicans a couple mm, years ago. Okay. Um, okay. Like, you know, the, totally. those ones I think are funny and that's just like part of social media and online life. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, you, Harrison is the guy that you can thank basically every time Damian Lillard goes nuts <laughs> against anybody. It's, it's, it's him just subconsciously. He doesn't have to actually, actually have to put it out there in the Twitterverse. He just has to have a thought about it, and then Damian Lillard goes nuts. This, this, is, the, this is the actual physical embodiment of the, of the chip on Damian Lillard's shoulder right here. No, that, that actually <laughs> happened yesterday. No joke. I was getting ready because we had to write about, you know, your game regardless because it's relevant to, like, figuring out the Lakers' eight seed Proceeding, and, like, yeah. what happened in that game. So I was writing, like, down the stretch. I don't know. There were, like, probably – five minutes left six minutes left and I was like okay it's time to put start putting more of the skeleton in for mm -hmm. uh like the Grizzlies won this game and like move it on and like I didn't tweet anything I didn't put anything out into the universe I just started writing like the Grizzlies won it's gonna there's gonna be another plan tomorrow really benign stuff just like laying out the facts whatever and uh and then all of a sudden Dame starts going off CJ starts going off and like the blade and you know Carmelo hits his three and I'm like okay well crap uh and then I had to uh you know finish like frantically get together and write out a new like separate doc recap or whatever of what actually welcome to life to as a blazers recapper but yeah way. no I would not want that job after watching yeah. their last two games that's mm -mm, no yeah. thank you there's a reason I moved on from that it was uh <laughs> having, having to re-scramble and completely destroy everything you just wrote over the last hour uh and then having to have it done in 15 minutes is uh I, I don't wish that upon anybody, but uh, yeah, our no, guys do a Dame is the job. recap killer for sure. Oh no, hundred percent. That's that's Dame time is is uh, rewrite time. If, yeah. if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, so we've, we 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 have it locked in Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, whatever you want to call it. Blazers Lakers game one, round one. This is kind of the one that everybody's hinted at. What's your general takeaway from what this series is going to be like? How it's going to go? 
regardless of the narratives of the Blazers being the Laker killers, blah, 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 blah. When you take a step back and you look at it, what's, what's kind of like your general overall thought? Yeah. I mean, like that, that's a whole other thing that we mm-hmm. can get into, but like, I, I think it, it gets started because people want to talk about the Lakers and it's like, like, I honestly think whoever was their eight seed opponent, like people were talking up the Pelicans before the play-in. It's like, Oh, you know, Z- they got Zion rolling, Brandon Ingram's an all-star. They could give the Lakers some problems in round one. And, you know, and then once the Blazers actually, you know, like they got Nurkic back and people started to notice how good they were. People really hopped on like that bandwagon. Um, but like, as far as this series, like, I think I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts. Like, the Lakers very clearly did not fully engage outside of that Clippers game during the bubble rounds because, you know, they got that one. They essentially clinched the number one seed. They still had to, like, have the Clippers lose or them win at some point, but it was basically done. And so those games kind of stopped meaning anything for them. And, like, obviously they struggled. I think they had, like, the, the worst offense of any team in the bubble or, like, third worst or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it was really bad. Like, you know, they, they did not play at, at – you know, tip top shape. And I think that it's hard to just like flip the switch like that. So I do think that while their defense was still good in the bubble, and I do think that like they can make things a little bit more difficult on Portland than some of the teams that they were playing were like, you know, defending a guard like Lillard is not their strong suit this year year anyway uh and so like I think that we are going to get a lot of shootouts in this series especially because like the Lakers are going to have to get their offense going again and like I think Portland's defense can help them a little bit with that but you know they're going to have to hit some open shots which has been a little bit of a struggle for them so far in the bubble so I I think they're going to have to ramp back up but you know I know that this is uh like not what you as like a Blazers fan or what your listeners want to hear i I don't really foresee it being a long series. Although actually, you know, given my reputation for jinxing Lillard into greatness, like that may be exactly what you want to hear me say. Yeah, no, no. Call, call it Lakers in four, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's get that kind of energy rising. I'll just go ahead and just send the text to Dame now. Here you go. Here, this is your chip right here. Just Yeah, no, you just say one. isolate the clip of like my, whatever rants I go on and just like edit those together and they can put that underneath their film for this series. He, he's putting out singles in the bubble. I'm just going to give him a, l- a little sample of you saying Lakers in four and have him put oh, that Oh, man, in there. that would be a top five moment <laughs> of my life. If like, if, you know, like something I said got sampled in that song as like like it was like it was some song he called it like to my haters or something like that and i mean it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility there, there's there's definitely some some sneak jabs in there at paul george we cannot rule it out no 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 and the thing yeah. is he's he is so patently aware of everything that's said uh, i actually love that steph curry said like last week that you know he's got people that send him everything no matter what whether he wants to see it or not uh within his close circle and friends uh I, I'm, I'm all for that like for the guys that like get locked in now the Kawhi leonard doesn't even and harden those guys probably don't even know what the internet is so you know no james of- remember james harden does not he he's not an internet guy yeah, remember like that was his excuse for uh you know his math choice he doesn't james harden doesn't know what the internet is yeah it's it's i mean it's so on brand for him you kind of touched <laughs> on it here a little bit though uh something i wanted to ask you about the whole idea and we, we, we always get this um anytime there's there's a contrast between rest versus rust obviously the blazers just played nine games in what 16 days uh and their playoff life was on the line literally every single night Lakers, not so much. Uh, and I'd say that the, the two levels that they are playing at right now are probably vastly different, uh, yeah. particularly when it pertains to offense. The Blazers' offense was just 
And it's, it's kind of funny. You hear people talk about, oh, the Blazers just run this or they just run that. It's like they just averaged a buck 30 a night, guys. Are you, are we, is this really what we're criticizing? <laughs> uh, I know the bubble defense wasn't great at times, but let's be honest. The Blazers offense was just humming along the entire time. That's not a problem. But when you look at this series, do you think that there's any edge or in, in any way, shape, matter, or form for the Blazers maybe being geared up in a playoff mindset already versus the Lakers knowing where they are? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on, right on the head. That's kind of what I less elegantly w- was saying in, you know, when I was talking just – second ago like I think that that there is something to be said for that like the Lakers are going to have to get adjusted to playing like all of these games matter again and Portland is well adjusted to that now at the same time like you know are they going to be a little bit fatigued by like all of everything that they just had to go through to get here like but and you know like like with respect to Nurkic and his family like what he's going through that's like more serious than any basketball stuff in his personal life like I think all of them have to be exhausted probably physically and emotionally at this point and and like not to you know make that a like how does that affect the series thing but like I do think that but you know, it does maybe, yeah it, it could affect them but at the same time they also are used to like hey like we got to hit shots in the you know in every quarter and we like we need to play every single possession like it matters and the Lakers have not been you know for better or worse have not been playing that style of basketball they've gotten a little bit more rest but like are they able to just like that turn it back on again and like I think that that's probably the biggest question going into the series is like can Portland get an early edge here just because the Lakers you know have not been playing games that mattered for a little while well I mean all LeBron needs to do is put another IG post of him actually getting out of the cryo tube right that's, yeah that, that's how it works and that's how the switch flips yeah no he's he's gonna activate play at some point uh, he'll I, I'm sure let us know that he's activated playoff mode like yes. last year he was courteous enough to let us know that uh you know down the down the stretch and so I'm hoping uh you know they're they're talking right now maybe he's gonna let reporters know that he's activated playoff mode Perfect. Like I'm assuming that's uh, that's a button that he keeps with him and he just clicks it and it's like all right playoff time does he wait until Tuesday or is that a Monday thing? You got to kind of like, I don't know. I mean, that that's something I think that we may have to ask Mm. him. Like, do you activate playoff mode the day before the series? Is it like, has it been activated since you guys finished the regular season? It's like an older version. You got to kind of let it load first, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there, there may be some firmware updates this year, like for like a Lakers uniform and all that stuff. Mm. Like like he's got to get ready. You got to get those patches updated. Yeah. Uh, We, this is obviously the, the, the the matchup issues, right? Uh, Yeah. Talk about the Lakers guard play for the Blazers big play for the Lakers. Yes. So Anthony Davis is problematic no matter who you have. Uh, yeah. Do you think, let me, let me rephrase it this way. Which matchup is more important for the other team to not stop, but control the Lakers. So slowing like which, down Dame and CJ okay. or the Blazers slowing down LeBron and AD. I mean, I think you almost have to say, like, the Lakers slowing down the Blazers just because, like, basically, if the Blazers, like, like if Dame and CJ stop playing, like, you know, like, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like, circa, you know, like, mm-hmm. the good, the non-this-year Warriors, <laughs> uh, like, at some point, like, I, I just don't, I don't think the Blazers can score enough points to win. Like, and they just don't have anything to fall back yeah. on. Whereas, like, I think the Lakers, at the very least, like, if their offense is somewhat limited, which, you know, we can get into if that's even possible for the Blazers, like, what are they going to do about LeBron at all? Like, and, uh, and AD to, to a lesser degree, but like, like, I think the Blazers, like they're going to live and die with uh, Damon CJ going mm-hmm. off. So I think I have to lean there just because the Lakers do at least have 
their defensive ability this year to fall back on a little bit. Like, they obviously cannot win a series if those guys don't get going, but I think that it's more important for the Blazers just because it's literally their only shot. For the Laker point of view, obviously Rondo may or may not be a go. Avery Bradley's not a part of the team right now. I would say Rondo is unlikely because we're only just now at five weeks, and he's only just getting back into the bubble, and his original timeline was six to eight weeks. Like, I just – I have a hard time seeing him jumping back in. and and Like, look, he's been a guy that's played through injury before so maybe he'd do it like but to be honest I'm not sure that that necessarily helps the Lakers okay so let's 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 take him out as well is this a situation where we maybe see the Lakers start Caruso and try to have him take the majority bulk minutes on Dame is that what you think is going to end up happening I feel like that is a matchup like that's an adjustment Mm -hmm. card more so than like off the bat like we'll see what Frank Vogel does but like his you know, from covering him this year for the for the first time, like I, I think one of the things that I've learned about Vogel is he's not afraid to make adjustments, but he typically doesn't make them preemptively. Like he is normally a guy that is like, we want to impose our style of play for better mm-hmm. or worse on the opponent. And if it doesn't work, then we make adjustments. Like we even saw that starting game two of the season, like the Lakers starting unit just did not look good against the Jazz in their second game. They had just lost the Clippers. They did not want to go 0-2 to start the season and like deal with all the, you know, the attention and whatever from that and uh Frank just immediately he starts AD at center in the second half Lakers go off win that game like and that was the moment you know that I always think back to and he's done other things like that since then where so like you know with with you know in regards to Caruso I think that that would be more of a thing where if Damon CJ are just like flaming uh like Danny Green and you know KCP mm-hmm. and uh you, you know like right off the bat then I think that that is something that the Lakers you know may go to as far as like putting because Caruso has been their best guy on Dame this year like he's obviously he's not going to shut him down by any no. means but he's been he's been their best option to throw at him I think and so at the very least like that's why I always I think like the Bradley thing is overstated in this matchup like I think he would have helped but he's not uh, the Dame stopper or like Dame is not going to go off because Avery Bradley is not there like it, you know I think that Caruso is better suited to guard him for a lot of reasons and, and again like he's not going to shut him down but I do think that is something that we will see them go to a lot regardless and with how bad the starters have been in the bubble I could see them make that adjustment like even like as soon as like halftime of game one like if it just is not working in the first half so Teams have basically gone to and employed when we've kind of hinted and joked at it, the, the Pelicans defense, which is to throw two or three, sometimes four bodies at Damian Lillard. Uh, the last three games the Blazers saw pretty much an endless parade of that. And Damian Lillard scored what a uh, hundred points and had about 30 something assists in those three games. So what's the Lakers plan here is is it to just stay home on everybody or do they say hey we've got more size more more length more versatility and we're going to throw even more at Damian Lillard and live with everybody else I'm not I mean I'm not 100% sure but like I, I my guess would be that they try to stay straight up with the intent of forcing him towards their length at the basket just mm-hmm. because that is like what they've done against like most good guards this year it obviously has not worked as well for them in the bubble but again how much of that is a, like they weren't locked in or whatever yeah. you know who knows um but 
I, I think that they, you know, they have AD, they have JaVale McGee, like uh, starting off games. They have Dwight Howard in for moments with AD. Like sometimes it's just AD as a small ball center, but like either way, that's a lot of length. Even, even if LeBron is your four, like that's still a lot of length yeah. at the rim to like get arms in the way and stuff like, and especially when they're playing big, I, I do think that I would imagine their plan is going to be to try and get him to like head into that kind of wall of arms and put shots up over that. Like, obviously he is uh, like, I think a pretty good finisher at the rim. Like he has some, uh, you know, the, the Grizzlies, a couple Grizzlies learned that the hard way yesterday. Um, and like, he can, you know, he can score from anywhere. So like to whatever, like to some degree, you know, any defense against him is hopeless. I think you're just trying to get him to take more contested shots and the Lakers don't have anyone that can do that necessarily in single coverage. Like, you know, most teams in the league don't with Dame, but like, I think that they're probably going to try and funnel him towards AD towards, uh, towards JaVale McGee and just make him four shots over those guys and kind of live with the results. So I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm, I'm saying anything nicer remotely decent about a Laker, but <laughs> Kuzma has looked decent in the bubble. What, when you take away the, away the positives, obviously there hasn't been a ton of positives for the Lakers because they've kind of been in coast mode in the bubble. Yeah. What are the positives for the Lakers heading into, to, into this playoff series? Who are the X factors? Who are the guys outside of LeBron and AD who are going to need to be a difference maker in order for this to, to go the way for the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, LeBron said it the other day. He said Kuzma has to be like our third best player for us to win a title. And like he has very much been that in the bubble. And I think that some of that is like he's finally healthy now. He did not start the year healthy. He had like a couple games here and there where he was like not he had not been on the injury report for a little bit. But for the most part, he was on and off the injury list all year. And I think pandemic you know like it, it all and the stoppage like allowed him to take some time get his legs under him and kind of show the type of player that I think a lot of us thought that he could be going into this year but just wasn't able to because of the the foot injury he sustained with Team USA and he missed all of training camp so like he missed out on learning habits of a winning team and like learning from all of these veterans that they brought in other than from the sideline which is just different you know and like I think that he's been able to get out there on the floor and like he's doing the things that this team needs him to do he's been a two-way wing like he's been um like he's been a solid scorer for them he's been their best three-point shooter in the bubble he has been like uh, he's been the bright spot I think as far as we're looking at any from the bubble like you know if I were to pick a second it would be like you know I guess they're healthy coming out of it like and like uh, if it was a third it was like the Dion Waiters Alex Caruso backcourt looks good like we're not picking from a lot of you know uh, of a lot of positives here uh you, you raise your eyebrows they've looked good like that, I know that I listen I know I've, I've I've caught a, f a few of the uh incredibly high confidence Dion Waiters rotations out yeah there. no I mean look Dion Waiters has not been all good but with Caruso like that lineup is like an insane net rating or whatever over the course of like they, they've been good together uh but like Kuzma has been the bright spot as far as like bright spots go just about everyone else has played kind of below he's the only guy that has played better than they did before the bubble while in the bubble so like they're gonna need him to score and I think that this is like you can correct me if if you think I'm wrong on this but I don't think the Blazers have a lot of guys to defend him like I know wing defense is not really a strength for them at this point yeah. I was kind of looking at like who are they gonna throw at LeBron and just laughing a little bit uh and like you know I, I saw someone I, I wish I could give them credit but I didn't I didn't see who it was like you know remember the name somebody tweeted the like you know it's that 
picture of the guy crying as he aims a gun at someone. It's like LeBron when he has to end the Mello Redemption tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I think, you know, if Skinny Mello is guarding LeBron, like, you know, that's going to be a little bit of help getting him going. And I'm not sure that him guarding Kuzma is going to go a whole lot better for him at this stage in his career. Yeah, and that's kind of leads me to where we're going next with defensively the Blazers, as, as bad as the matchup is for the Lakers not being, you know, able to handle guards well the Blazers are missing their two best wings in Ariza and Hood as far as consistent guys now Gary Trent Jr. certainly looked good but I I hesitate to bump him up to a wing he's a sometimes wing he's he's a guard he's six four and a half maybe six five asking him to go up and handle a task like LeBron it's it's unfair to him that's that's just the reality of it and Collins has rolled his ankle so that's one more big body down and you're definitely not going to want to put Nurk or Whiteside or any of those guys on LeBron James. So what I can confirm after watching yeah. uh, their last two games that you don't really want to put Whiteside on anybody. <laughs> no, no. It's he, he had a couple of moments where he was actually really solid. Um, and then he had some moments where he was unplayable. That's just it's funny. Like Lakers fans are scared of him because he was the one that went off in that Blazers win against mm-hmm. the Lakers. Like as much as Dame, like Dame was obviously the star of that game, yeah. but uh, Whiteside, but Whiteside was like was... 13 of 14 or something uh-huh. and said like he was really good that night. And it's like Lakers fans are like, oh, like, can we deal with White? It's like, uh, you may want to watch a couple more Blazers games than just that one to figure out whether or not you think Whiteside is a huge problem. An engaged Whiteside? who's making solid decisions is a major boon for the Blazers. The problem is yeah. they just don't know when they're going to get that guy. Yeah. That's the problem. Um, as far as the Blazers are concerned, and this is, a, this, this is addresses a couple questions that we got here from the listener questions. And thank you everybody for getting them in. I'm going to kind of weave them in as we go here. Um, the whole idea of who's going to guard who and for the Blazers, ultimately I think they're going to end up throwing two at AD and single covering LeBron and letting a yeah. guy like Caruso shoot, letting a guy like Deion Waiter shoot. They're going to live with – they're going to give the same treatment to the Lakers that basically the, the opponents have given to Damian Lode and the Blazers for the past four years. I yeah. think they're, they, they're finally going to go with, listen, we have to stop AD as much as we can. We're not going to leave LeBron because he's the best playmaker at finding those mismatches in those situations. But what we're going to do is we're going to live with – some of some guy, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth option when you're looking at the offensive pecking order to be that guy. And Portland does have the bodies to throw at AD. That that they do have. They've got Nurk, they've got Whiteside, if Collins is healthy, and then they've got unbelievably Wenyon Gabriel, who obviously played in the, the night after Kobe died and opened the Le- game up. Lakers by. worked out legend Wenyon Gabriel. He Listen, uh, I believe man. still has the record for the Lakers mentality drill that they do every year. I remember uh like I, I did not even know who he was until he did that. But then it's it's I was I saw him on the Blazers this year and like actually playing. I'm like, oh that's cool. Like he was a nice guy. Yeah, no, and he's he's got and this isn't me like saying he's the the cure for all their ails, but yeah. he gives them something that they don't have otherwise, which is a 6'9", 6'10", stupidly athletic, springy guy who brings energy. I mean, he opened up the game after Kobe's death by pinning JaVale McGee's dunk to the backboard. And that was what kind of, <laughs> that's what kind of set the tone for that game. It, it, the whole team kind of fed off that. Uh, and when Collins rolled his ankle or has or had this ankle issue that he's been dealing with the last couple games, uh, he came out there and, and played well against the Grizzlies too. So he's another body they'll throw at it. And so ultimately I think that's what they're going to end up doing is throwing bodies at AD, hoping that Melo can at least stay in front of LeBron to keep him from being a freight train going downhill at times. And then at the, the back end of it, just trying to figure out what exactly they need to do to, to, you know, keep everybody else from getting stepping into wide open threes all the time. 
I I agree with you 100%. I mean, I don't I, I don't know if they're going to do that, but that's probably I think the game plan to go with the Lakers at this point. Like Toronto, uh, you know, the Blazers are not the Raptors on defense, but Toronto no. had uh, <laughs> uh, Toronto basically did the exact strategy that you're describing. And look, like they have better personnel to do that strategy. Uh, I think it had probably been a while since a, you know it had been a while since AD played basketball really at all. It was their second game back mm. for real, and you know, like they did not deal. He made good passes out of those double teams. The Lakers just didn't make shots, which has been a theme for them in the bubble. And if the Blazers can kind of just force the ball out of his hands, like he's a guy that really went off against them this year. And, you know, the Blazers have Nurk back, as all of you are well aware. But, like, you know, AD averaged 32 points in those matchups this year, which is significantly up from his average and I believe had almost 40 in uh, in the first game against the Blazers. And, like, you know, he's been good in that matchup. And, I, you know, every team makes playoff adjustments. So they'll probably defend him differently and they're going to get schemed for him this time. And, you know, Blazers staff has had, like, I think luxury of scheming specifically for the Lakers for weeks because they knew if they were going to make it in, that's the team they were going to play. Um, whereas the Lakers only just confirmed for sure that it's going to be the Blazers and so can are only just now throwing all their resources at it. Um, but, like, you know, they're going to probably have a different strategy than they used on him in the regular season is my point. And so I think that might be – it might be that. And as far as Melo on LeBron goes, like – you know, I don't think that that's probably a matchup that's going to be a winner for the Blazers on more times than not. But like, as far as like, it's going to happen. Know, that's the thing is, is it's going to happen. Yeah, probably it's, it's a, going a to significant happen. amount of time. Yeah, it's going to happen. And like, we all know, like, we play better when we play against our friends a mm -hmm. lot of the time. Like, we've all been in those like pickup games where like, or we all have that friend that's like a lot better than us at basketball. And, you know, we can defend them tougher than other guys just because like, we're willing to be a little bit more physical. We're more competitive, whatever it may be. I don't think that that's going to be a, a, that just simple desire is going to be enough to like stop LeBron, but maybe Melo plays a little bit better defense than he has this year, just for having more motivation to do so. Um, I still think that that will probably work out in the Lakers favor more often than not, but it's like you said, they don't have Generous anyone of you. else to, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to be kind because, uh, <laughs> oh, don't you know, be and, kind. No, um, no, get, get them out there. Fire them out there. I'm definitely not going to clip these snip you know, the, or these clips up and, and reuse them later. No, look, I, I'm not saying that LeBron is going to like dunk on, <laughs> on Mello and like escort him to a courtside seat like for retirement or something like that as the series goes along he did but, try to do that to Yusuf Nurkic two years ago yeah you know like I think yeah I mean like that let's just I'll, I'm gonna be nice to the soon-to-be retiree and show some respect <laughs> to my elders and uh just not go any further than I just did but uh yeah I would say that LeBron you know he's been dealing with a little bit of nagging groin soreness uh but like I think that it seems like it's more the type of thing they're just trying to be careful with than anything it's also known as getting old limiting him. yeah he is old yeah you know every time I'm like I wonder how old LeBron is and I'm like oh that's right he's only four months younger than me and then it just kind of sets in. I'm like, no. And look, I, I tore my groin a couple of years ago and it never goes away. Like there, there no. are always moments where it like I, I, it nags at you. And so like whenever people are like, it's two years, is he still dealing with it? I'm like, yeah, I mean, my doctor told me and I don't have the physical like fitness resources that LeBron do. I'm I, I we will say we'll say I'm a little bit less good of an athlete than he yeah. is. Yeah, there you um, go. I, I think it's fair. But like, you know, it, he my my doctor told me this was going to be with me for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. Probably. And like that surgery wouldn't even fix it. Like it might make it worse. So like you, not to get it. And so LeBron, like having to deal with this is not surprising to me. And like, we'll see if it ends up like, you know, ultimately slowing him down too much. But I, imagine I think being Mello, six, eight and 270 behind it. Yeah, exactly. Like with all of his like force and stopping power mm -hmm. and like stop start, like ridiculous athleticism, jumping, all that stuff. Like, you know, like that's 
going to nag at you sometimes. But I, I think Melo may be what he needs to uh, get going a little bit. But we shall uh, we shall see over the course of this series. Okay, this one makes comes a bit of a surprise because I know Laker fans uh, pretty much wanted to to bury him, like metaphorically and physically. Uh, JaVale McGee has been a guy that has driven the Blazers crazy over the last couple of years. They lob threats, finishing at the rim, offensive rebounds. Now, granted, Nurk, for whatever reason, it's it's his kryptonite. Do the Lakers even play him this series with how he looked in the bubble? They will. Pl- I-, I would be shocked if they didn't play him. Um, I-, I would not be shocked if he has a very quick hook on himself. But, it, you know, it's like you said, like he's been a guy that's been kryptonite for them. Why not give him a series where, especially in a matchup where the other team's going to play big a fair amount too, so you can kind of play the normal way that you play and not be forced to go small. Like, I, I do think he will probably continue to start this series, at least at the beginning. And, like, you know, the Blazers do not have, you know, I was watching them the last two games and like, they just are not very good at defending around the rim, like from either put back opportunities, lob chances, whatever, like, or just easy dunks, whatever. Like they just, they, they don't seem to communicate the best or don't necessarily want to. I don't know completely. They're what all the small. Issue is. That's, that's yeah. the problem is it's, it's Yusuf Nurkic. If he rotates over and helps on anything, the guys rotating over on the backside are six, one, six, three, six, four, and then mellow at six, seven, six, eight. So. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's going to be a problem against a guy like JaVale McGee. And uh, maybe this is a series to get him going. I don't know. I know that Lakers fans, like, like it's to the point where I am, uh, I'm having, uh, you know, and a little bit of a spoiler alert for the, the rare uh, crossover silver screen and roll podcast <laughs> listeners uh, that also listen to, uh, to the Blazers Edge podcast. But like, you know, uh, I'm having his the guy who produces JaVale's vlogs on our show tomorrow. Awesome. And, like, and they've done a fantastic been, job with those. Yeah, no, they've been incredible. And like, I'm excited to talk to him. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. And like, but there's still a part a voice in the back of my head of like, how angry are Lakers fans going to be that we're even just like mentioning JaVale's vlogs right now when he hasn't been playing well? Because you know, sports fans, the first oh, thing yeah. they always go you, to you is can't like, do one of the he other. shouldn't be vlogging. Like yeah. he should be working on his, yes, I'm sure that he should put down the camera when he is on his relaxation time anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like just go shoot more free throws. I got like, or, you know, yeah, Damian go, Lillard should stop rapping. You know, yeah, th- exactly. Those, those things. It's like, are there, uh, do those people exist? Oh God. Yeah. Oh, that's funny and, actually. Endlessly. Yeah. There was somebody that said, yeah, it's because he's in the bubble and he's not working on an album. That's why he's been playing so well. Oh yes. I'm sure. He, Which is he hilarious because he has a studio. studio. He has a studio in his suite. Oh, well then never mind. So, I mean, yeah, yeah no. then th- that theory does not hold up. <laughs> no, he's, he literally put out a single this morning with his teammates with uh, Nasir Little and Gary Trent Jr. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a real thing. Uh, this is a question that goes asked, I think, mostly for the Blazers. So I'm going to ask it to you from a Blazers perspective. What would the Blazers have to do to do the unthinkable and win the series? I think Dame would have to average like probably 40 or 45, like no joke. Like I, I just don't, oh, no, like, I, I think anything short of that, like I, I don't think that like they are going to be able to win four games against this Lakers team. Like, you know, or like, you know, like, I, I mean, no, I'm not going to say hope somebody gets injured, but like if the Lakers do continue to look rusty or they're still dealing with a couple of these dings, like that may help the Blazers case a little bit uh, because, you know, like LeBron's been dealing with some soreness. AD has Kyle Kuzma, I think has like sprained his ankle once or twice since being in the bubble. Um, like there, there are things that they're dealing with, like every team is this time mm-hmm. of year, but like if any of them limit them at the wrong time, like, you know, that might be a recipe, but like beyond you know, like, like Damian Lillard going like guard wilt or something like that. Like, I just don't think, 
that like I just don't think it's possible. Like I, I know that like they've become the Blazers have become a chic pick because like you know TV shows they they want to figure out a way to talk about the Lakers and like get the ratings up on these games and mm-hmm. get people like like nobody wants to listen to a like why the Mavericks could upset the Clippers segment is like no. the point that I keep making to fans that are mad about all the coverage this is getting. It's like you know the Blazers they have players that the that like you know the Fairweather fan has heard of like it. Like, if I go and I talk to my dad tonight, who, like, my dad watches the NBA, but, like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't watch, like, every game of a home team. He doesn't have, like, a team that he's dedicated to. He just, like, he likes basketball enough, and he watches, like, national TV games. Like, if I go to him and I ask him, like, do you think that the Blazers are going to be a problem in, like, round one, he will probably say yes because, like, they have players that he's heard of. And, like, Mm -hmm. he has been told, like, that, like, this could be an issue or whatever. But, like, you know, I I just have a hard time seeing, you know, based on what we've seen this year – based on how good the Lakers have been, I just think that they have more answers for their issues in this matchup than the Blazers do for, like, their own, like, you know, issues. Like, I just think that – I don't think that the Blazers are going to be able to slow down AD and LeBron, like, simultaneously, at least not for four games. And, uh, like, I think the Blazers – the Lakers can at least do enough to hopefully – I think tire Dame out and like make him really work and kind of slow down the other guys that they can like pull this one out. I do think that the games will be close. I don't think that it's going to be blowouts. I just think that the Lakers just have more. No, I, I think that's, that's fair. I've seen a lot of Lakers and four Lakers and four Lakers and four. And I just, I have a very, very hard time seeing a Damian Lillard team getting swept right now. Yeah, I I think they're going to get one or two for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I, I just don't – I don't think it's going to be a long – you know, I don't think it's going to be seven. I I honestly think it'll probably be one. I think it'll be one and out, but like uh, like, so five, I guess, but it would be my prediction. But, you know, it might be six. They're really hot right now. So, like, you know, there's something to that. Yeah, and I, I, I have to be careful with how I say Damian Lillard getting swept because it's happened. You know, so it's kind of problematic anytime <laughs> I say that. Even he's gotten know. better since then, though. To his credit, like you know, he's gotten better, and his teammates have gotten better. And that's the, and that's the thing is that, and I, I feel like I'm having to defend Damian Lillard here because you know there's people out there who are insane, but the whole idea of it being just Dame, that it wasn't the roster or a lack of, uh, you know options are, are that's slightly... the burden of being a star in the nba though it's yeah. like like if you win like all the credit goes to you for the most part but if you lose like you know like we're seeing that to an insane degree with the raptors this year like Kawhi, everybody talked about him dragging them to a title all this stuff they're like what i think they finished as the second seed in the east right they, i think they're... they had the exact same record at the exact same time in the season yeah, they're obviously the shortness of the, of, the, of the season. Yeah, they're really good and like very clearly have legit players besides Kawhi Leonard. Like, I think some of their young players obviously made strides this year, but like, yeah, yeah Fred like, Van Fleet becoming CJ McCollum was probably pretty helpful. Yeah, exactly. Like, they like it was clearly not just Kawhi. And so, like, I think that we're seeing with the Blazers this year, like, you don't make it in to, like under the scenario that they were facing if it's just Dame. Like, you have to have other guys. Like, CJ McCollum's playing through a broken back right now. Or, you know, like, yeah. I-, I have respect and a little bit of fear for, like, you know, like him doing that, just like fear for his own, like, safety, yeah. basically. Um, like, like it may, I'm, I get nervous just watching him, like, drive anywhere near the basket or anything. But, like, you know, like, I- I've, you know, as much as I have become known as, like, the Blazers hater, like, I do have a lot of respect for this for this specific team. I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison says nice things, bloop, and just yeah. chop it all off. Just like you can re-edit it and like take out like the the qualifiers or whatever, and like exactly what you can like read into the mind. It'll be like I'm going like, to mad the Blazers it. are, and then like you say like terrible, 
Yeah. No, I'll just, you I'll can just, just edit that part. I just realized I just made that really easy for you. <laughs> I'll just put slight that in it before every time you say something nice and just, you know, chop it out. Yeah. Um, but to come back to some injuries here. In this series, do the Blazers miss Ariza and Hood more than the Lakers will miss Rondo and Bradley? Kind of, kind of As frame this. Who did not watch all of the Lakers, uh, all of the Blazers games mm-hmm. this year? I have to say, absolutely, the Blazers. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but, uh, no joke. Like, like Bradley has clear. Like Bradley's value has been shown. I think Rondo's value, even to a degree, as like a guy. It like exists. for chemistry pers- purposes in the locker room, like yeah. as a guy who just helps the team dynamic has been shown in the bubble. And Bradley's on-court value has obviously been shown uh, in the bubble to some degree with like how they've struggled and how bad these new look starters have looked with KCP taking his place. Um, I, I still like, I will say that going into the bubble, I thought there was a potential for this to be addition by subtraction, which I don't think that anybody was saying about the Blazers losses. Like Rondo, Rondo has been bad this year. Like, I don't know how many Lakers games you've caught, but like, Rondo, he's he's had his moments for sure. But like, he's been overall like a extreme, like, you know, unequivocal net negative on this Mm. team on the court, you know, or like uh, over the course of the year. And look, like Bradley's defense, he tries really hard. So he's a guy that gets a lot of like pub for his defense. And I do think that there's an intangible benefit in terms of inspiring his teammates to like play that hard and seeing the way that he's locked in and really trying that hard. But like, I mean, you saw how well that worked against Dame in like, you know, the, the game that the Blazers won, like Bradley is not a guy that's going to be like a shutdown person in this matchup. I do think he could have helped on McCollum. Maybe like there, you know, he would have at least given them another guy to throw at them. It's another but positive body to throw at. I just two. think that like Ariza uh, like being gone just like takes away like the only like I think like credible viable LeBron option defender, for LeBron like uh, like that you had and I just think mm. that that's such a bigger minus than losing like you know these kind of guys that pro- we know like Rondo it, like as much as the memes are fun Rondo's not going to shut down Dame and like neither was Avery Bradley and like I think that like not that Ariza was going to shut down LeBron but he could have made it harder on him than any of the guys currently on the roster so like I think yeah. for me the Blazers losses are like a much bigger issue I think for them I think they would have been you know I would have honestly been like okay like could the series like I probably would have said six like maybe even seven like with those guys just because it gives like the Blazers some waves to like it gives them wing the versatility like it I still would have been picking the Lakers don't get me wrong but like they would the Blazers would have been a better matchup whereas right now like it's very clear where their Achilles heels are and I think the Lakers are pretty well positioned to uh, like almost more than basically any other NBA team to attack their specific weaknesses right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll just touch on it from the from the Blazer side of things. Ariza gave them the, a true wing defender, and it wasn't like he was the best defender on the face of the planet, or that he gave them this just otherworldly production. It's just that the wing production for the Trailblazers has been so poor for so long that twelve points, a couple of rebounds, and plus defense looks so much better because yeah. he's he's a he's a positive decision maker in that he do, he knows what to do. He knows how to, you know, when somebody attacks too hard on a closeout to pump fake and go, he knows that when the ball's going in rotation, he needs to swing it and where it needs to go and how it needs to get there. And, and he's just a, a high IQ player that the Blazers are kind of short on, particularly at that position where they play on both sides of the ball. That, that's yeah, the hey, big thing. 
you don't have to sell uh, someone who was a like Lakers fan in 2009 on the value <laughs> of Trevor Ariza. Yes. Like I, I know, I know it's been 11 years, but like Trevor Ariza can play, and like yeah. it, like and he's a guy that is shown to be able to like you know play like take things up a level in the playoffs as well. So like I, I think he's he's a guy that you know I don't think that he would have won them the series, but I think he would have made it more interesting. I, I'm hoping that Dame is on the phone right now petitioning Chris Haynes to to find a loophole. Uh, to yeah, allow Trevor Ariza yeah, into the bubble. He de- the Blazers, I feel like the Blazers have definitely had someone look into if there's some kind of loophole in this like, oh, no, they you have. know, 100% pandemic they have. CBA to like get Trevor Ariza in there. Uh, yes. Like if they can, like, if they can say that he's like Dame's, like, like if they can find like a relationship <laughs> link between him and Dame, like get long, the long lost cousins or something like that. Um, yeah, like just figure out a way to get him into the bubble and, you know, like give him Carmelo Anthony's jersey for a couple possessions, like. I mean, anybody, Jersey, really, let's, let's be honest. At, at this yeah, point I mean, hey, the, the problem is, is that you don't have a twin on your team. Like the Lakers. If, yeah, I know. You've got the Morai, you guys, Morris. Yeah. They, can, they can get like the third secret triplet of the Morrises to like come and like replace him for that matchup. Has anybody ever saw, seen the third one in, in the same place as the other ones? No, no? but I, okay. it's my favorite NBA conspiracy theory, like that there is a third Morris twin. And they're just and, rotating third, through. The, I guess Morris triplet. And, yeah, the like, Morrisai. Yeah, it's why they never miss games. Basically, is uh, like just you know, there's all there's there's Markeith, there's Marcus, and there's Mark, and uh, like Mark comes and uh, Mark comes and subs in. Uh, you know, if Markeith or Marcus can't play, <sighs> why else do you have all the same tattoos as your sibling if you don't and want share bank accounts? Yeah, like look, I, I'm saying like I, it's a little fishy. God, it's another reason to hate the Lakers. <laughs> so much just. Overall, the the way that the bubble has gone and the way these playoffs are going, what what has been your your big takeaway so far? And and how do you think the games every other day and lack of home court is going to play out for both teams here? I think that what we've seen is that it gives teams better rest. Like, I think the basketball, you know, like from the non-Lakers games that I have watched, the basketball has looked better, I think, in in a lot of ways in the bubble. And like, like a lot, definitely a lot better than I expected. Mm -hmm. And like, somebody was making this point last week, and I I don't remember who, but like, I I think it really should force the NBA to look at some of how it does its like playoff matchups in the future and like how it does the regular season, how it approaches just travel in general. Like, I think that we've really seen the benefits of like not like players not having to play, you know, like a, like a game and like that ends at like, you know, 1am their local time. And then they have to travel back and like take a flight and get into a hotel. Like now they just like take a golf cart back to their room. Like, like that's great. And like, I think that for a, I honestly don't know that it necessarily helps either team more uh, than the other. I just think that with two veteran teams like this, we probably will get better basketball than we would have gotten otherwise. Like, especially under the circumstances where the Blazers just had to fight so hard to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a little bit be- better of a chance, I think, that they're going to be able to kind of keep it going just because, like, this is basically, like, if you were to ask, like, a rest scientist to, like, design the perfect environment for, like, NBA players to play, like, you know, maybe the games would be played a little earlier in the day or something like that. But beyond that, like, I think this is basically a test tube for what you would want for recovery and, like, health. And, like, it's funny. They went into the bubble to avoid, like, a potentially deadly virus. But they may have discovered, like, plenty of other health benefits to, like, you know, playing this way. And, yeah, like, they aren't going to say no to playoff revenue. So, like, I don't know. They aren't going to go to, like, a bubble for every postseason or anything. Like, I'm not saying that. But, like, I do think that maybe it can make you look at, like, 
like, can you add an extra day between some series and stuff like that? So that, or uh, between games and series so that Mm -hmm. you don't have to fly out that night. You can fly out the next morning. You can go back to your hotel, sleep there and then fly out the next morning. Like, or fly out, fly out the day before and then get more acclimated to a city or a time zone. Yeah, exactly. Like what can you do to kind of transfer some of what we're seeing here to like regular life? And like, again, both of these teams are filled with veterans. So like, I think it's going to impact probably both of them equally, but I, I do think that we will get a better basket series than we would have otherwise all right official prediction time what's it gonna be uh, oh i i lakers and five i think you go with five yeah all right, i'm gonna piss everybody off and go lakers and six so <laughs> what uh, well, that's gonna piss everybody off who's that pissing off oh i'm sure uh, there's plenty of people who think that i hate this team so oh okay the, so the, oh i'm because sorry I you didn't pay, you didn't maybe this I is, should, like this is not a lakers podcast harrison okay so uh, these yeah, are their blazers thought, fans i just i all the blazers fans i've dealt with have been so reasonable that like i thought that uh <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe i should just zig where you're zagging and like yeah. create like a new opportunity for my i could be the real blazers outsider mm-hmm. and be like no blazers and seven like yeah, no, you're, oh you're gonna that click way. that now i'm realizing and just put that mm-hmm. out there yeah. um yeah no i I, th- I think look like the blazers run has been like like crazy like they've shown that they're a good team i just like I'm not buying into that they can do enough to slow this Lakers team down. Like, you know, the Lakers, I, I describe the Blazers defense as like laxatives for your shooters, basically. Good Lord. And, uh, that's, that's yeah. pretty. It's graphic, but I think it, like, I would have gone like, I would have gone probably the other way and gone like steroids for your shooters, but you know, that would have been cleaner probably. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe less of a cleanse, more of a build. Yeah, no, but I, I think I think we are going to see either way. I think we're going to see a little bit of an explosion from Lakers uh, oh. three point shooters. <laughs> I you mean, know? the guys have been able to walk into shots. That that's the opponents last check uh, averaged one point two points per possession against the Blazers in the bubble, which is obscene. Yeah, I, I saw. I think I saw it was it was one hundred and twenty points per one hundred possessions, which does equal out to that one point two when I was yeah. looking yesterday, which is. That's that's really bad. Um, the one thing that I can say is like Danny Green has not played well in the bubble. He's ta- he's had mostly better. he's had mostly open threes is the thing, and the Blazers might be the most qualified to give him open threes mm-hmm. of like any team remaining in the bubble. Oh, hands down, and he's shot horribly on those. So like maybe the strategy is just for them to continue defending horribly, and the Lakers get so psyched out they can't make threes. I'm I'm here for that. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, I, I would... think I think we just described the scenario where the Lakers beat the Blazers like they're they're so intimidated by how open they are that they just can't make shots well everyone but Dion Waiters because we all know that Dion Waiters confidence level never wavers regardless yeah, no, of, that, of that past guy, experiences like, he, he essentially plays with a blindfold on like there's that he's not looking at what the defense is doing before deciding no no he's, he's going he's to pre-deciding before before he gets it's the like, ball it, in his hands yeah exactly like he's already like it's not even horse blinders it's like it's full like you know blinder it's like the Kanye shades that you can't see out of like I think we're going to end on Kanye shades. That, that's, that's a perfect way to describe uh, what, what, what we got here. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Well, actually, I appreciate you. Hold on. Before, oh, what you before got? we wrap up, I, okay. I do have, I have, a, I have a business opportunity for you. So okay. you did ask me for like blazer strategies, like yeah. that could work. And okay. I gave you a serious answer. Um, I'm now prepared to give you, you know, maybe like, look, it, like desperate times call for desperate measures. Okay. And I'm not saying that like if Blazers fans find my PayPal account and start like pouring money into it, that I will tweet lots of mean things about Damian Lillard. Oh, and make perfect. Him go for 60 every night. But I'm also saying I'm a businessman. That, no. And like that. I, I encourage possible. this. Yeah. I encourage this. So go, look, go ahead and like, plug your PayPal even. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I think it's a violation of my contract. Um, but, you know, if that were to happen, uh, I will say, like, look, I might be more willing to, like, jump out there and, like, say that uh, Damian Lillard is just, like, Steve Francis with a bigger fan base. Oh, God. You know, like, I'm just... Like, I don't know who has more this, slanders towards, Steve Francis or Damian I honestly Lillard. don't know either, which is why I thought it was great. <laughs> Maybe I'll piss off like a long, like a long dormant subset of Stevie Fran- of Steve Francis fans. Yeah, too. Rockets fans, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like with that, like more, more, you know, slander like that can be yours for like the small price. The low, low price. Yeah, for the low, low price of just, you know, I'll let you decide. Okay, just, like, we'll, you, we'll figure out a dollar amount for you. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just saying that like, there are worse ideas for how the Blazers can try and beat the Lakers. Like, like having mellow guard LeBron. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, no, that's, I mean, you, you work with what you got, I guess at yeah. this point. Look, um, we've seen it work once. I've proven, I've proven that I can do this. I, I, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I made the mistake of saying that Damian Lillard was just Lou Williams with a SoundCloud account. Uh-huh. And I think he dropped 30 points in the fourth quarter of that yeah. game or something like that. And uh, you got and destroyed. I had to court. fake my own death uh, to, because <laughs> I was getting it from Blazers fans. I was getting it from Lakers fans. No joke. I left for a trip to New York the next day and I just deleted Twitter off my phone. I was like, I will check That's back smart. in. Yeah, it was like, I, I, I was like, you know what? I was Donald Glover walking in and seeing the whole apartment on fire and just, just slinking back out and nope. shutting the door. Yeah. I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I will come back in a few days uh, it, when it, the death threats are The over. slander always follows, though, but let's, let's be honest. Yeah, no, it's, it stuck with me. So I'm just saying, I've proven my worth. So, <laughs> look, I can be had, okay? I'm not a Lakers employee. I can be had. That's all I'm saying. I like that. You're not yeah. like Pete. <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like look pete pete's calling him mr lillard for the whole series i i, I don't have to do that for the small price of 29.99 that's, that's fair it's yeah. smart man right there no he he's smarter than i am nobody's <laughs> gonna dispute that <laughs> all right man thanks for hopping on i appreciate it go ahead and plug what you got uh so you know if you want to hear more takes like this uh which i'm not sure why blazers fans would but um you can find the roll podcast uh you can uh attack me on twitter at hm fagan i just ask that you like limit the death threats uh unlike last time go with uh giraffe gifts yeah exactly like that that hurts me but it doesn't like make me like really sad like it just it's a little bit of hurt um and so uh yeah yeah you can do that i can be found on twitter at h-m-f-a-i-g-e-n uh you can read uh my takes that jinx the blazers into blowout performances on twitter uh you know at silverscreenroll.com and i look forward to people tweeting this podcast at me when we're like like right before game seven or something oh don't worry i'll, I'll have uh, this broken down into smaller clips just so that they're, <laughs> they're ready to go i'm i'm ready for it man this is, I, this is gonna be a fun series i'm, I'm excited to watch it because i think it, it will presents, be fun. like interesting philosophical questions as far as rest versus rust, mm-hmm. you know, like w- what weakness is more uh, is more valuable, like being able to attack it in today's NBA, all that stuff. Like the I think dynamics of guards versus bigs. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's going to be it, it, for nothing else. It's going to be a really interesting style of fights. And yes, that's when exactly. We talk about boxing. That's the, the the style always is what makes the fight. So I think that's going to be cool. Uh, I'll wrap it up there. Everybody, um, be sure to follow Harrison. Um, Check out his stuff. Uh, even if you hate the Lakers, they, they do make good stuff down there. Thank uh, you. Yeah, well, I got to, you know, say something remotely. Nice. Yeah, no, you, you, you have now earned the guest appearance. So, there you like, go. Your contract 
It's fulfilled. Perfect. Uh, as always, you can find me on social media at Danny Marang at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G and on every post-game show through the playoffs on NBC Sports Northwest with my co-host Joe Simons on Blazers Outsiders. We'll keep the podcast coming. We'll probably do some more Laker guest-ish type folks. I'm going to try and get maybe some more folks from the bubble back involved uh, now that there's a little bit more guaranteed time between games. Um, other than that, uh, keep the questions coming. We'll keep those going and we will keep the content coming, uh, all throughout the playoffs while the Blazers are active and running. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things because I don't always tell you to do it at the beginning of the podcast because I'm an idiot and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.